Hello and welcome to episode six of the Creating Happy Writers podcast. Thank you for joining me as we delve into the exciting world of writing and publishing non-fiction books and everything in between. My name is Steph Caswell and I'm an author and writing coach on a mission to help you find confidence and happiness in your writing journey, to explore what it means to be a non-fiction writer. Because writing is more than getting words on a page, it's more than holding your finished book in your hands. It's about the personal journey we go on as writers, the challenges and the triumphs we face on a regular basis. But it's not just about that. I want to empower you to write a book in your niche, to become the go-to expert. Because you can use a book to grow your business and be a thought leader in your field. You just have to know how to do it. I'm also an avid reader and feel we can learn much from the writers who have gone before us. So during these episodes, I'll be sharing non-fiction books I think you'll love and learn from too. So without further ado, let's dive in. In this week's episode, we're going to explore one of my favourite, favourite topics, which is storytelling in non-fiction. If you're struggling with how to do this, you're not alone. You might even be wondering, should you use storytelling in your non-fiction book? After all, you're sharing something which is informative. You're not there to entertain your reader with intricate plots or twists in the tale. Or are you? When giving your readers new knowledge, it's tempting to give them as much of your expertise as possible. I mean, that's why you wrote the book, right? to share information that will help them go through the transformation they seek. And yes, for a large part of the book, that's exactly what you're doing. But my argument is this. Just because you're imparting knowledge doesn't mean you have to make it dull and boring. Actually, the more you can incorporate storytelling in your non-fiction book, the better that non-fiction book will be. So let's learn a little more about the power of storytelling non-fiction. Humans have been telling stories for thousands of years. According to National Geographic, some of the earliest evidence of stories comes from cave drawings in Lasseaux and Chavaux, France, dating as far back as 30,000 years ago. And the reason storytelling has lasted is that people love hearing a good tale, be it for entertainment, information or educational purposes. If you think about a night out with your friends, we share stories almost all the time we're with one another. You have a captivated audience, ooing and aahing in the right places. People respond to stories because of how they're structured too. The three-act structure of beginning, middle and end is so deeply ingrained in our very being that we naturally tell stories this way, with a good hero and villain thrown in to boot. Storytelling in non-fiction works because it can make a dry topic seem more palatable to the reader. No one likes reading something so dull, simply full of facts and information. This isn't a PhD thesis you're writing. It's a book for normal readers, not professors and academic mark schemes. 
I've worked with a number of authors who have PhDs and this is something that they can struggle with because they're so used to writing for a particular academic audience that putting it into what I will affectionately call layman's terms can be quite hard for them. So if you have a PhD or a master's in whatever niche you want to write in, it's really something to consider as you move forward with writing your book because you don't have to shy away from storytelling. In fact, it's only going to enhance what you're trying to teach people about or share with people. So I think this is going to be an episode that's be really, really helpful for you if you are somebody doing a PhD. Story helps your readers to see how the point you're trying to make relates to them in an entertaining way. And if people are entertained, they're more likely to continue reading. It also builds that connection you're seeking with your readers, not to mention the know, like and trust factor. Don't underestimate the power of storytelling to do more than you anticipate. So what are the types of storytelling to use in nonfiction? You might feel like there's a right kind of story to use within your book, but if it helps to educate your readers on the topic you're talking about, it really doesn't matter. But using stories where your reader can identify with the protagonist, or fancy word for hero, really does help. They don't always have to be stories from your own personal experience either. You can use famous stories to illustrate and educate too. In my books, I tend to use a mixture of both. So in Dare to Write, I use, as I say, a mixture of stories that are maybe more well-known and then personal stories that will illustrate the point I'm trying to make. There is a story in Dare to Write which people often will message me about or comment on, and it's a story of my sister's dog, Goldie. And Goldie is somebody who loves her ball, will do anything for her ball. And my brother-in-law had taken Goldie down to the local riverside. We live near Hampton Court Palace. And uh, he had been playing with the ball. And Goldie had got quite close to the river. She decided, in her infinite wisdom, to go into the river for a bit of a swim. But not just a bit of a swim. She swam to the other side and got out and decided to go down the towpath. So my brother-in-law is on one side of the river and Goldie, quite happily, on the other side. And I use this story to illustrate the fact that you have to have the mindset of Goldie, that determination to just do what the heck you want when it comes to writing a book. And people will message me about that story because it's so funny. And just so you know, she did come back on a canoe as somebody kindly had to paddle her back across. I also use a story in the book um, about an athlete that I really admire. And her name is Christina Horogu, and she used to be a 400-meter runner um, for Team GB. And the thing I reference Christine about is how you need to have a sort of staying power, if you like, once you've written and published a book. You might feel like it's a 400-meter race, if you imagine, writing a book, and that when you get to the end of it, you think that that's done and dusted, and now you've written it, it's just going to magically take off um, without much effort but what Christine used to do in her running and if you ever watched athletics you might remember her is that she ran the race uh, sort of middle of the pack and you'd often think that she wasn't going to do anything she wasn't going to play she wasn't going to get a medal but actually what she did was she saved everything for the last 
few metres and then she'd pit people on the line and she won Olympic medals that way. So it's a little bit similar to writing a book where you've got to keep that energy up and then have a burst at the end where you do the launch of your book to avid readers who are waiting to have it in their hands. So as you can see, those two stories are vastly different. One of them very personal, one of them using uh, hopefully somebody people might know. And it just illustrates points in the book nicely. So there you are, two examples of storytelling. If you've worked with quite a few clients at this point, there's nothing to say you can't use their stories too. Often this cements your expertise and helps pull potential clients towards working with you. A word of caution though, if you're using a true story, you either need to get express permission from the client or change the name or some facts about them so they're not easily identifiable. I don't think I asked Goldie though, so maybe she's going to be a little cross with me. So let's now dive in to the golden rules of using storytelling in nonfiction. Now you know the benefits of using storytelling, it's time to explore the best way to use it within your writing. When planning your book, it's worth thinking about stories that might work well with a particular chapter and jot them down in the planning stages. This is what I did when planning Dare to Write, was I thought to myself, which stories would suit this particular chapter. So the Goldie story was a chapter on mindset and determination. The Christina Horogu story was around thinking of launching and marketing your book. And my real passion here is think of stories like a seasoning. You want to sprinkle them throughout your book, not saturate your writing with a hundred different ones. One good story per chapter tends to work well. So really be decisive here pick ones that are going to resonate with your reader and it might be that you have to think through experiences or stories of your own that would be suitable and spend time doing that use your story to hook the reader at the start of a chapter i do this all the time you can tease your reader with the start of a story which relates to where they are at that moment in their own journey And you can then finish the story off at the end of the chapter to round things up and show them that a solution is possible. It's completely up to you and what feels right with your story, but that's a potential way to structure it. Try to use stories that are entertaining and maybe fun to read. Something I love doing, like the Goldie one. But you can also go for a shock and awe factor too. We're naturally curious, so anything that piques that curiosity is the way forward. You either want something that illustrates your point by providing some humour, or something that shocks your audience into sitting up and taking notice. Don't make your stories too long. Imagine you're sharing it with a friend. Write it out as though you're telling it verbally, and then chop out any of the fluffy bits. Why not dictate it, and then edit the transcription? Use stories that have a clear link to the rest of the chapter. You don't want anything too tenuous. You can use great linking sentences to go from the story to the rest of the chapter to explicitly explain the link your story has to the content you're about to share. And finally, yes, you can share your personal story. Actually, I actively encourage you to do this. You don't have to shy away from it because you feel it might be a little self-indulgent. As if you're thinking, why would anyone care? But actually, it really does make a difference. People really do care. You're showing your reader that you've walked the walk, as well as just talking the talk. Again, that builds connection and trust. So there you have it. Storytelling in non-fiction is a skill. 
but it's definitely one worth practising. You don't have to be an expert novelist to make it work either. Just tell stories that mean something to you. The more meaningful or memorable they are, the easier they'll be to write. Why not read some other non-fiction books to see how the author has used storytelling and ask yourself why it works. How does it make you feel as a reader? Are you entertained, motivated or inspired? I've had a client recently who was a little bit worried about using her personal story because it was quite a harrowing one to share and we went back and forth in our session together and talked about how much of it she wanted to share and how much she felt maybe was giving people too much of an insight into her quite troubling past. And I signposted her to Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule. And I did that because Mel uses story brilliantly. And it's a really good example of how you can take quite a difficult topic and use the story from it to help inspire and entertain your reader. And when I say entertain, I don't mean make laugh. I mean entertain them as in they're going through the ups and downs with you of a story. And Mel talks about how she used to be um, dependent on drink, how she used to uh, struggle to get out of bed in the morning, how she lost her job, how her and her husband were struggling financially and how it ruined their relationship to some degree at that point in her life. And it's actually a really good stepping stone to understand that aspect of Mel's life and then how she used the five second rule to get out of that situation and how it's only enhanced and improved her life, which as a reader is so inspiring to realise she went through something really challenging, much like many of us do. And she's able to use the technique that she's about to share and show you how it could work and what it's done for her. And hopefully that will inspire you to try the five second rule too. And I've used it and it's made a massive difference to my life. So just think you could be somebody's Mel Robbins. And I know that sounds crazy because Mel is a highly successful author, but it just takes that little bit of empathy, showing how you've had a similar situation to your reader and how you've come out the other side. There are other great examples of authors who use storytelling brilliantly. The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Now, Ryan is an absolute consummate storyteller. He is brilliant at it and he uses such a range of stories. He uses his own, yes, but he also uses famous stories from philosophers like Marcus Aurelius and Seneca. And he really uses them to illustrate his books and the point he's trying to make. So if you've not read The Obstacle is the Way or any of Ryan's books, I highly encourage you to do so. You've also got a uh, an author sorry, called Jen Sincero. And she wrote a book called You Are a Badass. (laughs) I have to say it in an American accent because badass sounds very posh. Um, And she's done a selection of books uh, under that title, one of which is You Are a Badass at Making Money. And in that book, there is a story about some goats that break into the house that Jen is staying in while writing the book. And uh, it's one of the funniest stories I think I've ever read in any book. So I highly encourage you to read because she's a brilliant storyteller, but also find that goat story and enjoy it. Another couple of uh, books to recommend. One is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. He's brilliant as well at using story. And then just because I'm shameless, I will plug Dare to Write because I use storytelling a lot throughout that. It would be rude not to, right? I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it's helped you understand how storytelling can be used in non-fiction and hopefully you won't shy away from trying it with your own book. If you found the episode helpful and enjoyable, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. 
Much like book reviews, podcast reviews can make all the difference in getting more listeners and spreading the Creating Happy Writers message. And if you know another writer who'd enjoy these episodes, do share it with them too. You can give me a shout out on social media using the hashtag creatinghappywriters. If you'd like to connect, you can find me at creatinghappywriters.com and on Instagram and Facebook at, you guessed it, creatinghappywriters. If you'd like further support to write a book in your niche, you can buy a copy of my book, Dare to Write, How to Confidently Write a Non-Fiction Book to Grow Your Business, which takes you on the journey from initial idea to publication. It's recently been shortlisted for a business book award, so it sounds as though quite a few people are enjoying it, and I think you should grab a copy too. All links are in the show notes, so until next time, my writing friend, happy writing! Happy writing!